Yo. What's up, everybody? Man of the People podcast. Random thoughts, sports, beer, life, things that make us laugh and things that piss us off. When you belong nowhere, yet belong everywhere. You are a man of the people. I am Gus. G-U-S. Gus. Nick. That's pretty good. Did you like that? That is interesting. Gus. Your name is a hard one to spell. It is. I think I'm going to... uh, I think I'm going to change my name like like Madonna or something like that, you know? I think to I Madonna? should just be Gus. Gus? Just that. That's it. It's an original name. You don't it's really hear name. Gus too much. That's Bill. I'm it sounds thinking, like I a plumber think... name, but, you know, it sounds like Yeah, exactly. I think we all know Bill by what now, you right? Yeah, you know How Bill. you doing, Billy? How are you guys doing? Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Um, kind of weird. It's a, it's a year later, and we have uh, Jamal Stevenson back on, uh, director of college scouting for the Minnesota Vikings, giving us some... Some good in NFL insights and stuff. It's been a weird year. Definitely. Uh, it's crazy to think that this time last year we were pre-pandemic, pre-everything. Um, so it'll be good to have Jamal back on, talk to him, and uh, and see what's going on. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome because we're going to have the the biggest thing. We have the Jefferson pick that we can talk to him about mm-hmm. that everybody in Philly went crazy over. So yep. maybe Jamal can give us a little insight on that. Yeah. Whether you're surprised or not, what, you know, what they thought. Yeah. Uh, Nick, how can they reach us? can reach us Instagram, MOTP underscore pod, Facebook, pod, MOTP, Nick at MOTPnetwork.com, Gus at MOTPnetwork.com. How about our uh, sponsors? So we have Dominic's Pizza and Side Door Pub. Um, they've got happy hour starting again on April 6th, trivia night. He's at mm. the outdoor patio. It's a great time. Love Get it. out there. It's usually packed. Um, can we have a man of the people uh, team for trivia? We can. Just to blow everybody else yeah, out. Yeah, we can do All that. those teachers, I think they're so smart. Let's get them out there. Yeah. No, they're not. No, they're not that smart. They're not no. that smart. Just because no. they're teachers doesn't, you know. No. Heroes. They're Bill. book smart. They're heroes. They're book smart. <laughs> they're heroes. <laughs> they're heroes. Yeah. We're, more, we're more man of the people, worldly. We know it's true. Right. true. Okay, yeah, exactly. so we can do that. So yeah. if you're looking for any delivery, Dominic's Pizza Side Door Pub, 215-822-8010. Check them out. It's got good stuff. And we have happyrv.net. If you're looking for a road trip, contact Dave at happyrv.net. We just actually booked one to um, Penn State for, for the football game next year. So Fantastic. they're going quick. So if you're looking for one, happyrv.net. Yeah, look it up. All right, sounds good. We'll be uh, we'll be right back with Jamal. All right, we're back on the podcast, Man of the People podcast. Jamal Stevenson, Director of College Scouting, the Minnesota Vikings. Former defensive back at Brown University, all decade team of the nineties. That's awesome. I, I don't I don't think I've been all decade of any team for anything, Bill. How about you? N- never. No, no way. <laughs> Jamal, that's a pretty big accomplishment. All Ivy League, all decade. Yeah, I mean, you know, all decade is it's okay. I mean, I, I also, the, the all the Ivy League team uh, for two years straight. Good accomplishment, but the all decade team. I mean, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jam- Jamal, you realize the last time we talked, way, <laughs> uh, the last time we talked was last year was February 25th. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty much. I, I don't think I don't think we need to uh, to explain what's happened. A lot has happened since then, um, but but like like we talked about beforehand, you you we you got a lot of buzz the last time you were on the pod. You you inspired a lot of at least of our local kids who listened to the pod and heard about it. And um, you 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 done you done good with giving giving the kids some hope that they could do something you know on the business end of a sport that we all love. Um, so uh, 
you know, it's good to have you back. Um, Thanks, and, Matt. Yeah, that, that, that makes it all worth it. I mean, when you say something like that, I mean, it's, you know, if it weren't for, you know, people in my life who, who steered me in the right direction and, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be sitting in, in the seat that I'm sitting in. So, it, you know, sometimes it only takes a voice or a, a message from, from someone that you may not even know. But uh, so if I can inspire just one, and that, that makes it all worth it. So yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I, even just my own discussions with my own son, and he listened to it. He thought it was pretty cool. So I think I might actually have him convinced to be able to go maybe get a law degree or something on the side in order to get uh, get involved in the sports business. So um, there you, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So uh, right. I guess you're a busy man this time of year. Yes. Yeah, quite busy. Uh so this time of year, we are uh, entrenched in pro days. Uh, they're obviously uh, more important this year than uh, in the past because of everything that the pandemic um, uh, caused us to, you know, kind of just have to do things differently. So um, this, this fall, I was not able to, to go out and, and do my normal school calls at um, at the university, so everything was done virtually, you know, through Zoom or Microsoft Teams. We're able, we're able to get all the information that we needed to. Uh, it just was in a different uh, method. So um, with these pro days coming up, they've already started. I've hit uh, two already. I, I went to the uh, University of Maryland pro day and uh, uh, University of Texas pro day last week, and then uh, so tomorrow I'm headed down the to Tallahassee to go to the Florida State Pro Day on Monday, and then I'm back uh, up near near home. I'm going to the University of Virginia on Wednesday, and then out to the University of Michigan on Friday. So Pro Days are in full swing. We'll be able to actually see these prospects in person, uh, which we weren't able to do a, a ton of this fall unless we went to a game. So these are very important. So no combine this year. You feel like the pro days is an adequate substitute? Uh, I don't think it, I mean, it, it'll have to do, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing that really that we're able to do this, this year that's going to substitute for the combine uh, just because that was the, the melting pot of all the top prospects where and every all 32 franchises were there with all their staff and, and able to spend uh, basically a week with all these players doing face-to-face -face interviews, uh, watching them work out, um, having our coaches go through uh, our scheme, talking uh, their scheme. So, um, you know, that stuff can be done virtually, but um, the pro days are certainly not uh, on par with the combine. Mm-hmm. And not being able to visit as many stadiums and universities this fall probably was a lot different. Uh, yeah, it was, and uh, you know we we didn't um, we didn't mandate that any of our scouts uh, had to go to any games or anything. If they if they wanted to, it was their option. Mm -hmm. uh, I myself attended uh, probably ten to twelve games, so I was pretty busy on the weekends, uh, hopping around, uh, but. You know, it still is, it was different because we weren't allowed to be on the field like we normally are. 
in a normal year uh, to, to be able to eyeball the players, talk to coaches. Uh, you basically went to the game and uh, you basically were like a spectator, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, uh, or a fan. So uh, we were there uh, if we wanted to be, but it, it was not mandated by the team. Yeah, better stay safe, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that's that's the thing. You know, we we have a, a a really veteran scouting staff, and I think it really played uh, to our advantage to to um, to have such an older staff and and guys who've been around and done this for a long time, so they're able to you know easily uh, get get to their contacts and and get as many. Uh, nuggets about all these players as possible. So um, okay. there's some staff who may have younger scouts who, who aren't quite as familiar with the coaches. Um, who you know, and sometimes coaches are reluctant to talk over the phone. You know, right. College coaches. Yeah. So um, I think we we were at an advantage, um, being that we we have so many veterans uh, scouts on staff. Mm-hmm. So before we get into this upcoming draft. We want, to, we want to look back to the 2020 draft because obviously we had you on in February. So, you know, for those people that don't know, Jamal used to come up to um, this area every summer to visit his dad. So that's how I got to know Jamal. So Jamal's a little familiar with the Philadelphia gotcha. Philadelphia Eagles and the media, <laughs> the media around here. Right. And so Jamal, you know, last, February, last draft, the Eagles took Jalen Rager. And then the pick after, the Vikings took Justin Jefferson. And, you know, congratulations to you and the Vikings. You guys picked the rookie of the year. I mean, he had an amazing rookie year. I, I, can, I, can I just 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, and second team all pro. Right. Second okay, team so, all pro for a rookie at so, 22. So yeah. continue. <laughs> so, Jamal, I, I know you're not going to sit here and gloat, but – how does it feel to first of all to pick the rookie of the year, right? At twenty-two, okay. Um, just talk about Justin Jefferson and the pick, and you know, the, I, I would just add this: uh, it'll live, it'll live in infamy here in Philadelphia because there's a lot of unhappy Eagle fans. Oh, absolutely, that they yeah. took Rager instead of Jefferson. We thought we had seen the worst when we did our Sega Whiteside over DK uh, Metcalf. Metcalf, and then we're followed up with this. Right. Talk about Justin Jefferson. Well, you know, uh, rookie of the year would have been great. Justin Herbert actually was the rookie of the year uh, for the Chargers, the quarterback. But uh, I, that's right, that's know, right. I really think that, that just, Justin Jefferson should have been the pick there. Uh, a little bit biased, um, but uh, no, he's a. Uh, you know, I, I think he he far exceeded all of our expectations. Um, you know, we were delighted when you got turned, or when I'm sorry, when, when the Eagles turned in the uh, Rager card, uh, because we thought Jefferson would have been gone by our pick. So um, we were delighted when he fell to us, and he's just been, you know, he's been nothing short of spectacular. Every everything that he's done on the field, um, you know, he's just one of those kind of generational rookies, you know, that that comes in and. And the game's not too big for him coming from LSU and right. uh, very smart as far as a, a football mind, able to play multiple positions, inside, slot, outside, uh, a, a tremendous catch radius, 
very good speed, uh, very competitive, uh, especially in his run after the catch. Um, and so he's quarterback friendly. And luckily we have a, a quarterback who's, who's pretty accurate and, and delivered a lot of dimes. Uh, but even if it's not a dime, Justin has that ability to go up and get it from uh, from almost anywhere. So uh, very lucky he fell to us, and uh, hopefully he continues to grow and, and develop his game as, as, as we go along. Well, you, you speak highly of him, obviously, Jamal. Just from a, I guess, kind of switching away from the football aspect, but what happens after – you, you obviously have a big part in drafting these guys and you get to know these guys. Now they're players on your team. Do you do you have regular contact with them? Do you talk to them? Do they still – not look at you as like – but look as you as the guy that brought them in. Do they have, still have – or does it just – you just move on? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, it's a little bit different in my situation because uh, I, I don't live in the city. Uh, where the team is located, so that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a ton of contact with these guys, uh, other than training camp and whatever games that I attend of ours. Um, but uh, you know, generally these guys are rookies; they're they're they're, they're swimming and they're they're just looking to make an impact as, as best they can. They don't care who drafted them or what you, you know who, who you are, or where you live, um, but. For the college directors who are in the building, I would think they would have a little bit more of a, a relationship with the rookies. Okay. And 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 vets. Yeah, that makes sense with, with you not being there. The full, another question for you, Jamal, about drafting philosophy. You talked about Justin Jefferson and the level of competition there at LSU. It's also a, kind of a hot button topic around here. I mean. How, how much weight do you put into the conference, the level of competition? I mean, I understand there could be a diamond in the rough from a division, you know, one double A or division two school, but how much do you put a lot of stock in the school um, and the competition they play in? You know, I, I try not to, uh, you know, it's hard not to see the, the mascot on their helmet or the letters on their helmet. Um, but I try to go into it. In fact, when I when I sit down to watch a player, I don't want to know anything about them because uh, I, I don't want to be biased in any way or jaded in my thinking. So I go into it. I'm just watching film. Um, obviously, I know what school I'm at in a, in a typical year. I, I'm you know if I'm at a Villanova or a, you know a smaller school, so I I know that part. But I don't want to know anything about the player until I'm actually done watching him, and then. Um, and, and, you know, and then I, I try to grade the player based off the play, you know. And, and obviously you have to think about who they're going against, who they're playing against. Um, and that's one of the things that, to me, I have an advantage of being able to see everyone as a, as a director. You you know who, what the teams are and what kind of talent they, they have, so you know who they're playing against. So, um, you know, but I, I don't like to, to – to really think about what level of competition they're in or, or playing against. Makes sense. Because, I mean, obviously there's very good, you know, one double A or whatever, you know, FCS players that, that make it to the league and, uh, sure. and, and, and play, play really well. So you don't, you don't want to downgrade a guy because of that. Yeah. I was, I was doing a little, uh, a little looking into to kind of what the Vikings are up against this year. And, um, 
And I, I guess with, with Riley Reef in, in, uh, in free agency, it uh, looks like that Ezra Cleveland's kind of a, a, a depth pick that you had and kind of looking into the future. Um, so h- how do you guys, how do you guys kind of plan that depth chart going forward? Seeing that do you, do you take into account who's coming up on contracts and, and where you have to build your depth? Cause I guess everything can't just be the best player left. Correct. Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we let our coaches take care of the depth chart. Um, you know, our, our task is to just bring in the best talent available, uh, whatever position available. Um, you know, obviously you have a, when you go into the off season, you have a, a game plan and, uh, you know, what contracts are coming up, uh, you know, who's going to be unrestricted, restricted, and you kind of have an idea what's, what's out there in the draft, what's out there in free agency. So you could construct a plan based off, uh, your, your Intel. So, um, but once we get into the draft, it's about finding the best player available, um, and not, and not skipping over a player or taking a player because of a need. Um, so that's, that's kind of our philosophy as we, as we get towards the draft here, is stacking our board, uh, and stacking it, uh, best to worst, regardless of position. So. You know, 2021 draft is is coming soon. I'm sure you guys are, like you, you said, this is where you're getting down to the pro days um, and, you know, building your draft board. You know, I know you guys, I think we're at 14. But just, you know, if you could, a few words here on this quarterback draft this year. Um, it looks like it's one of the strongest in, in recent memory. You know, I know that. Um, Trevor Lawrence is probably a lot to go one, but there's some other intriguing names, whether it's Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. You know, any thoughts on the quarterback draft this year? Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good class. Um, I think it's a good class at the top. And, and obviously the quarterback, we're, we're a quarterback-driven league, so yeah. – um, those guys get pushed up the draft board. If you need one, you got to take one early. Um, but just overall, I, you know, just looking at the, the talent level and the talent pool, I, I think, you know, all the names you mentioned uh, are guys who are going to go early and uh, are going to are gonna play, you know. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence has, has done what he's done for, for years and, and, and at a high level and has won national championships. So, you know, obviously that's a hot name. The other guys are, are really talented as well. Uh, it's just it's a, kind of a matter of what's your flavor, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing, though. You go back and look at all these previous drafts, and the quarterback position to me is the one that the most mistakes are made. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. You, you, you have quarterbacks you think are going to be, you know, awesome uh, pros and – Three years later, they're either out of the league or playing for someone else. And then you have guys you never expected. I mean, you know, Tom Brady, of course, is like the biggest example of that. He was picked in the sixth round. I mean, the Patriots passed on him, you know, five times. Why is it such a hard position to scout? You know, that's a a great question. Um, The quarterback position a difficult one for many reasons. Uh, I think one, it, you know, it's, it's obviously based on, well, first of all, what I said 
previously is these guys get pushed up. Like, I mean, you know, they're oftentimes in a draft, there's better players than the quarterback that gets drafted at number four or number five, but they get pushed up because of the position they play. And, and, um, largely if you don't have one or you don't, the prospect of having one, if you, if you don't have that, um, there's not a lot of hope for your franchise. So, I think a lot of times these guys get put into positions where they probably shouldn't be put. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then once they're there, you know, what's around them? You know, usually they're going to a bad team. Um, you know, what's around them? What's the coaching staff? What's the uh, quarterback coach like? Is he a good guy? Is he a guy who can develop quarterbacks? Uh, what receivers and offensive linemen are there? Um and running back, you know, what, what's around that player. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, um, I think there's a, just a combination of factors where, uh, first of all, I think it's the, the toughest position to play in, in all sports. Yes. So you, you have that pressure, but then being thrust into, uh, a spot where, you know, maybe you weren't the best player at that position, but because of the position you played, you would, you may be drafted really early. That that's also a pressure. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, this again, not not being a, a football aficionado, I just look at it. You you watch you watch a college basketball game, you watch a pro basketball game from the court, you realize that that court is really small with a lot of really big dudes on it. And you go to a, you go to a you go to a, a high school football game, or you go to a college football game, and you watch it up close, and you say, "There's more big dudes." with a lot going on. And I, I'm sure that when you get to the pro level, there's just so much to process and just so, so many just amazing athletes just coming at you so much going on that the, the processing time for these guys, the, the pressure must be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's like. Obviously I, I was all decade Brown. So that, 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 <laughs> I, I wouldn't be anything close. <laughs> But, uh, no, I, I, you know, it's, it's a tremendous amount of pressure. You, you gotta, you have to have thick skin in this league. Um, you know, with media and, uh, not only the media, but just the internal pressure of, of your city, of your teammates, uh, of the people who drafted you, uh, your coaches. You know, there's, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on that position. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot to digest and learn and, and you're, and you're processing and, you're processing in, you know, 1.2, 1.5, however many seconds it takes to get the ball off with men who run 4.5 and 4.6s and 4.4s who are 260 pounds who are more athletic than your offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. Quite a daunting, uh, you know, if you think about it, a daunting test. Yeah. Jamal, so you guys picked 14, which I think is an interesting uh, spot. I know you can't get into any government secrets here. Um, what do you think of the draft, you know, um, based on what your needs are? Uh, how would you compare this draft to, you know, previous ones? You know, there, there's always talent. I mean, there's always, you know, certain positions that are, are going to be deeper than than others. Um, like, I, I think this year um, is pretty deep as far as offensive linemen, uh, tackles, uh, defensive ends. I think there's a, a good crop of those guys. Um, not quite as deep on the interior 
defensive line. So um, uh, great that we got Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. Um, and uh, we got Michael Pierce who opted out coming back. So, uh, it, but there's there's a there's a ton of talent at receiver. Uh, there's some good quarterbacks like we discussed. So um, I think we're in good shape where we're at. You know, I have to ask you about a Gator. So, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is a local kid from the uh, Philadelphia area. Heck of a college career. <laughs> that, that guy, you think he's, you know, what do you think of Kyle Pitts? He's unbelievable, man. I, I, I went down and watched uh, Florida. Actually, he didn't even play in that game, but I, I watched him on tape before I went down. And uh, I, I was there for the Florida-Arkansas game, which he missed. Uh, with a concussion or yep. some kind of facial injury yep. as well. But uh, he is, uh, and I, this is how I describe it, he is Calvin Johnson as a, he, I mean, he can really play receiver. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, that, that, that's tiny. Uh, that's a good comparison. Wow. I mean, that, that, wow. He is. He's Calvin he's Johnson playing tight end. I think it's a good comparison. I think he's absolutely positively amazing. Like, Phil, the Eagles should take him at six. I think he's a lot less risky than the receiver than Devontae Smith. I mean, Jamar Chase would be a solid pick, but I would I would target Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he's he's one of those. I think, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think he's getting to you, Jamal. (laughs) You didn't think Jefferson was either, though. Yeah, he didn't think Jefferson was either. (laughs) We'll have to look elsewhere. Oh, Jamal, I, you know, it's, uh, I was, I was doing a little more research on the internet and I I went back to, uh, back to a Ryder basketball camp and, uh, and they, they had a whole list of the MVPs through the years. And, uh, and, and I saw that that one William Welber was a, uh, what was the MVP one year? You know, can you elaborate a little more on that? Are you there for that? You must not have been there, right? Can you, I was, was, no, I was there for that. (laughs) Can you can you break down the game tape a little bit for us? He was a he was a twelve thirteen year old talent. Jamal, that was the Jamal, that was the apex. It quickly fizzled as he got older, but at least he got the he got that MVP trophy, and he it's like my all brown all decade. That's a little different. Let's put them next to each other. My apex was 13 years old. Yours was about 22. So. Oh, was it 13? I, I, I don't know. If I if if and when we we hang out, Jamal, and then we're just going to get to the point where we're going to say, you know, raise your hand if you didn't lose out an MVP to Bill Welber, and you know that's that that's just that's how we roll around here. So, you know. There you go. Uh, Hard to believe. I'm we, definitely we, cutting we this part. Yeah. Like yeah. Play, but he, I mean, he, he was very, uh, very efficient as a scorer, very smart player. Yeah. That See, sounds like a real scout right there. It does, man. See, we build you up with all decade teams, and then we bring you back down to reality. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Jamal. Um, I think I got most. That sounds about right. I just know. So Jamal probably got most improved. But then as the summers went on and Jamal kept coming up, I was like, oh, my God, he's way better than me now. <laughs> That's just funny. past me, like, you know. Like everybody else. I, I think that about 22. So, yeah, I, 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 I,
Jamal, we really appreciate you coming on. We know, uh, you know, we know you're busy this time of year. Um, thanks for taking the time, you know, travel safe to these pro days. Um, we got, you got a bunch of Viking fans here rooting for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're, we do, we do, we do root for you, Jamal. Um, you know, anything, anytime Vikings come up, you know, I think that there's a little small contingent here that definitely says, Hey, that's our guy. Yep. So, uh, we, we root for you and, uh, and good health and good luck in the draft. I appreciate it guys. And again, thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I, I look forward to whatever I can get on with you guys. So, so don't feel, uh, feel free to reach out to me whenever. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, Jamal. Thank you, Jamal. Be well, my man. Right. Take care. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.